We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. WTBN, Pinellas Park. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. Listen closely. What the Apostle is saying to the Galatians and to all of us is that if we refuse to financially care for those who teach us God's Word, then we are going to reap the consequences of our stingy behavior. In other words, God will not be mocked by believers who disregard His Word about taking care of His ministers. This is a serious sin, and He'll deal with those individuals and those churches that refuse to properly support their pastors. Folks, Paul is simply saying that there are consequences consequences when we don't share all good things with those who teach us. There's an old saying that we are never more like Jesus than when we forgive. Well, it's just as true that we are never more like Jesus than when we are generous. Of course, the converse of that is that uh, we are not at all like him when we are stingy. If pastors are supposed to love their calling enough that they should be happy with minimal pay, then why don't we have the same standards for professional athletes who are also passionate about their jobs? Well, maybe we would if the athlete's pay scale was set by certain church financial officers. As we continue our study today, in Galatians chapter 6, we'll find that not paying our pastors fairly can have some serious ramifications. Hello and welcome to Verse by Verse. Pastor teacher Steve Kreloff is leading us in a series of lessons about the practical results of true spirituality. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. One of the hallmarks of a spiritual person is a generous spirit. Paul told Timothy to tell the rich to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. And here in Galatians, he said, the one who is taught the word is to share all good things with the one who teaches him. Apparently, the church in Galatia needed some correction in this area. Let's see what was going on. Here's Pastor Steve. Now, it may very well be that the Galatians were guilty of not being thoughtful, of not being generous. For all we know, they were pouring their money into helping the false teachers, the Judaizers, and neglecting the true teachers. We don't know this for sure. We're not certain. But it may very well be the case. And if that is true, then Paul's admonishment here in Galatians 6 to meet their teachers' financial and material needs is most appropriate. In fact, it's interesting, and it's rather curious that Paul's statement about caring for the needs of their teachers immediately, notice this, immediately follows his statement in verse 5 about each one will bear his own load. Now, I say it's curious because the positioning of these verses, one right after the other, makes it appear very possible that some in the Galatian churches were already, and Paul knew this, already insensitive to the needs of their pastors, and that the apostle knew that they would have been only too happy to misapply this principle of each person bearing his own load by concluding that some of their pastors were not bearing their own loads financially. 
In other words, some of the Galatians may have thought that their teachers were freeloading off of the church and needed to go out and get a real job like everybody else. Sort of reminds me of the time years ago that a neighbor said to me, Ben and I were working in the, in the yard, and when the guy found out I was a minister and it was my day off, he said, oh, I thought you guys only work one day a week on Sundays. He was very serious. And I think that's, the, that's what many people think. So it could be that the Galatians sort of had this, this view, look, he's a freeloader. If we're going to bear our own burdens, then go get, a, go get a real job like the rest of us. And if that's what they were thinking, then Paul may very well be saying to them, spiritual believers don't think like that. They appreciate the ministry of the word. It's precious to them, and they take care of their ministers. Those who are spiritual are generous, thoughtful, sensitive to meet people's needs. They love to share material blessings with them, and that includes their ministers. Listen, before we were converted, we were all consumed with ourselves. When you get converted, one of the marks of being converted is you think about others, and that carries over financially. Now, we have no way of knowing for certain if the members of these Galatian churches had a problem with being generous with their pastors. We don't know that, but it is certainly true that there are many Christians and many churches today who are extremely insensitive to their pastor and his financial needs by being overly frugal when it comes to paying him a fair salary. Here's what one Bible teacher had to say about this. He wrote, when it comes to finances, it is easy for churches to abuse their ministers. Some people use the purse strings to control the minister in the church. What he means by that is that they use their money to control what he teaches and what he doesn't teach. The writer goes on to say, others try to sanctify their minister by keeping him in a state of relative poverty. What he means by this is that there are some churches who think it's their responsibility to keep their pastors very poor so that he might be humble. They've taken it upon themselves that that's their ministry to him. Listen, I have known of churches that have treated their pastor horribly. Horribly. I have a friend in the ministry who pastored not one, but several churches that were absolutely, and I, and I use this term, I believe properly, abusive in what they paid him and the limited time off they gave him for vacation and the demands and expectations they put upon him. And you know what? They didn't seem to care. They didn't seem to care that they put he and his family under a constant financial strain. Didn't seem to matter to them. They thought that this was good, that this was right. That's how you treat a pastor. I've known of another church whose pastor was hurting financially. I know he was hurting financially because he told me this. But instead of increasing his salary, and the church had the money to do this, they were looking for a missionary overseas to invest the money in. I'm all for supporting missionaries. I'm all for that, but it is appalling, horrible, when the man who feeds you the word of God week after week is hurting financially and you're looking to put money into somebody else's ministry. Shame on them for doing that. And actually, I could go on and on, but I won't, about situations where churches did not adequately care for their pastor, and I'm talking about churches where they had the money available. They chose not to invest it in their pastor. What a terrible sin. Terrible sin. It was Martin Luther who said, and I quote, when the members of a Christian congregation permit their pastor to struggle along in hardship, they are worse than heathen. That's what Martin Luther said many years ago. See, in in context, what Paul is teaching here in Galatians 6 is that Christians 
and churches that treat their minister like this are carnal in their thinking. They're fleshly-minded. Regardless of their spiritual pious talk, they are fleshly-minded because it is a fleshly thing to be selfish, thoughtless, and cheap and stingy. That's the way we were before we were converted. Spiritually-minded people are not like that. They, they not only take care of their pastors by paying them well, but they delight in doing this. And Paul tells us why. Notice verse 6 again. Let me read it to you, and I want to point out something important. Paul says, the one who is taught the word is to share all good things with the one who teaches him. Now, notice this word share. The one who's taught the word is to share all good things with the one who teaches him. The Greek word that is translated share is related to the word koinonia, a very well-known word even in the English in English circles, koinonia. Koinonia means fellowship. It means partnership. And so the thought is that a congregation and its pastors are in a partnership together, a partnership in which he shares spiritual truths with them and they share material things with him. It's a loving partnership. See, paying a pastor is not a grim duty that a congregation has. It's not something that ought to be done as a burden, like, Like, this is horrible. We do it, but we do it grudgingly. No. In fact, technically, a congregation should not even look at their pastor's salary as a payment for his services, as if he was a hired hand charging them a fee for his work. Rather, they should look upon this as a divine, blessed arrangement, a a partnership in which they have willingly agreed to financially support him with their voluntary love gifts while he has willingly agreed to shepherd them by teaching them the precious truths of God's word. And they are thrilled to do this, and he is thrilled to do this. That's the way God has set it up. And that brings us then to a third, a third matter that we need to understand. Understand why, why Paul teaches this and what he's saying. And the third matter is this. How does this apply to us? How does it apply to you? Well, obviously, if you're involved in setting the salary for the pastors of either this church or any other church, then you need to let this verse and other scriptures guide you in determining what to do. It is the Bible that is our authority, not the world's business practices. But secondly, most of you are not involved at that level of determining the salaries of your pastoral staff. So how does this verse apply to you? Well, one simple thing that you can do that affects the support of your pastors is this. Make sure that you give your weekly offerings. Make sure that you contribute to, to the weekly offerings in the church so that the church has enough money to financially take care of its pastoral staff. If you appreciate the pastors at Lakeside teaching you the word, and I'm not talking just about me, I'm talking about all of our pastoral staff. If you appreciate them and their teaching of you the word of God, then you need to make sure that you financially contribute regularly to the church so that they can continue teaching you without being distracted because they don't have enough money to pay their bills and care for their families. Listen, they have to live in a world just like you with rising uh, living costs and insurance going up and things like that. If you are a member of Lakeside, then you agreed. You agreed with the budget set at the beginning of our fiscal year. That means you have agreed to carry your share, your load of meeting that budget by your weekly financial contributions. Spiritual people do that. They do that. Because spiritual people give and they share and they're generous just like their 
Lord. Well, that's really the primary point that Paul is making here in Galatians 6. 6. Spiritual people use their money to help others because the Holy Spirit has made them, he is transforming them to be thoughtful and considerate of others. This attitude, I might add, of of sharing with others goes way beyond taking care of their pastors. Notice verse 10. Paul will say in verse 10, which we will look at, Lord willing, next week. So then while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Here he's saying we are to do good to all people, meaning even non-Christians we're to do good to, as well as we are to do good to our fellow believers. In the context, the good that he's referring to means sharing our material blessings. This is what the whole passage is about. So, if you are spiritual, then you will give financially towards the support of those who teach you the Word of God. That'll be a priority. That'll be part of your obedience. But what if you don't give? What if you say, I'm not going to give? Then what? Well, Paul wants us to know an important truth about those who do not give. He gives the truth in a general principle in verse 7, and then he gets more specific in verse 8. Verse 7 says this, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. Now with this statement, Paul states an important principle that's normally, normally just related to the world of agriculture, the world of farming. It's the principle you reap what you sow. But it applies to all areas of life, and that's why Paul brings this up here. This is an unchanging, fixed law of God. Whatever one sows, that's what he's going to reap. If a farmer wants to reap a harvest of a certain crop, then he must first sow his field with the seed of that crop. Whatever a farmer sows his field with, that's the kind of harvest he's going to reap. You cannot get around that. That is an immutable law of God. But Paul didn't bring up this principle about sowing and reaping to give us a lesson on agriculture. He brought this up because what holds true in the world of farming is also true, folks, spiritually. It's true spiritually. See, the the law of sowing and reaping is really the law of cause and effect. Or to put it another way, every action has a consequence. No one gets away with anything. There's always a price to pay for our actions. This is precisely why Paul says, notice the beginning of verse 7, do not be deceived, God is not mocked. What he's saying by this is don't let yourself be deceived into thinking that you can mock God by getting away with sin, as if you can sin and not bear any negative consequence for your actions, that it won't have a negative impact upon you. If that's what you think, Paul says, then you have allowed yourself to be deceived, because God is not mocked by your behavior. He always causes us to reap what we sow. So understand that whatever you do in the present will affect you in the future. Now, what Paul is saying here is a critical truth, a significant truth, and it's one of the lessons in life that is extremely important to learn, and yet there are some believers who are very slow to learn this. See, it's the lesson that you can't You can't live any way you want to live and get away with it. You cannot choose to do anything you want to do and expect that there would be no negative consequences for your actions, no punishment, no negative effects for your disobedience, that God will not deal 
severely in discipline with you or that you can sin and, and just sin in a vacuum and it have no bearing on anything in the future. It's the, it's the thought that you can sin and God won't hold you accountable for any of your actions. Paul says that if you believe this, that you will not reap the consequences of your sinful actions, you've been deceived. You've been lied to. And who's lied to you? Who's deceived you? It ultimately has to go back to the devil, back to Satan, because Jesus said in John eight forty four that the devil is a liar. He's lied from the beginning. In fact, he called him the father of lies, meaning he's the source of lies. There is no truth in him. Just as the devil deceived Eve in the garden into thinking that she could sin and it would benefit and not harm her, so Satan deceives people, even Christians, into thinking that they can do whatever they want and get away with it. In fact, he tells them that sin will make them happy. They'll be fulfilled. They'll be better people. It will satisfy them. That is a lie. It's not true. It's a satanic deception. Sinful behavior will not satisfy you. It will not make you more fulfilled. It will not make you a happier person. It will only have a negative effect on you. It will have negative consequences because we always reap what we sow. Now, sometimes it may look like we can get away with something, but that's only in appearance. That's not the truth. Eventually, God will deal with us because our sin will find us out. And God will bring about severe consequences for what we've done. By the way, this is precisely why Paul said God is not mocked. you know what he means by that? This word mocked literally means to turn up one's nose in the sense of ridiculing or treating someone with contempt. So what Paul means is that you can't turn your nose up at God and treat him as if he's a fool, as if you can outwit him by doing whatever you want without reaping any negative consequences. Can't be done. He's saying you may fool yourself into thinking that you can get away with sin, but you cannot fool God because he will make sure that you reap what you sow. Now, here's an important question for us to consider. Why is Paul bringing this up? Why is Paul bringing up this principle of sowing and reaping in the context of telling the Galatians that they need to financially support their pastors? What does reaping and sowing have to do with paying teachers of the word? Listen closely. What the apostle is saying to the Galatians and to all of us is that if we refuse to financially care for those who teach us God's word, then we are going to reap the consequences of our stingy behavior. In other words, God will not be mocked by believers who disregard his word about taking care of his ministers. This is a serious sin, and he'll deal with those individuals and those churches that refuse to properly support their pastors. Folks, Paul is simply saying that there are consequences, consequences when we don't share all good things with those who teach us. So what are those consequences? Verse 8. We're just going to touch on this verse today and then, Lord willing, we'll look at it in more detail next week. Verse 8. Here are the consequences. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Now, essentially, What Paul is saying is that if you use your money solely to please yourself and to gratify your own fleshly interest, then you will suffer the consequences of a spiritually barren soul. Because you're going to reap a harvest of fleshly things that will only pass away. They're just temporary. But if you invest your money 
in God's work in his kingdom, which includes taking care of his ministers, then you will reap a harvest of spiritual growth that will carry over into eternity. This is why some churches are absolutely barren. Churches that I told you about, the way they were abusive to my pastor friend. It's a barren church, and they're suffering the consequences of that. In other words, what Paul is saying here is that if a congregation decides to spend their money primarily on themselves to the neglect of caring for their pastors, they are only hurting themselves spiritually. But if they choose to spend their money on supporting pastors who teach them the word of God, their lives will be greatly enriched with spiritual growth and the blessings that come with eternal life. Now, folks, all of us need to understand that how we use our money, that's an important issue. It's not outside of the Bible. Like God tells you everything else, but you're on your own with your money. That's not true. How you use your money indicates whether you are fleshly or spiritual. Spiritual believers and spiritual congregations care about the welfare of others. And so they use their money to help others. And that includes thoughtfully and generously supporting those who teach them the word of God. While fleshly believers and fleshly congregations simply don't care about others. And that includes their ministers. And so they are insensitive to their needs and are miserly in the way that they pay them. All of this has great bearing upon the condition of our, of our own souls because we do reap what we sow since our behavior always has consequences. Now, perhaps you are someone who has never trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior because you think that you can get away with sin. You think that you can live a life of rebellion, unbelief, doing whatever you want without any negative consequences. If that's your thinking, I got to tell you, you've been deceived. You, you've been lied to. You have believed the lie that you can live any way you want to live without paying the cost. That's not true. God will not be mocked. You cannot outsmart him. You can't fool him. You fooled yourself, but you can't fool him. Whatever you sow is what you're going to reap. So come to Christ today before it's too late, because if you don't, you will reap eternal damnation. But if you come to Christ today, you will reap the blessings of eternal life, peace with God, forgiveness of your sins, fellowship with Jesus Christ, going to heaven when you die. What you sow, you'll also reap. Let's bow for prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you care about your people, Lord. You provide for them. You teach us that we are to be generous like you. Lord, help us to learn that. Once we were totally consumed with ourselves, preoccupied with us and us alone and caring not about anybody else, but Lord, I thank you that by nature, you are a giver, not a taker. Help us to be thoughtful, sensitive, attentive to the needs of others. And Lord, I pray for anyone here who may not know Christ. Help them to... Wake up from that lie, thinking they can live any way they want. It really doesn't matter. I pray that you will impress upon them the need to come to Christ and to come to Christ soon before it's too late. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Abraham Lincoln is famously quoted as having said, You can fool some of the people all of the time, and all of the people some of the time, but you cannot fool all of the people all of the time. Well, you know, I'm not so sure about that last part, but I do know that you can never fool God, ever, at any time, 
not even once. So let's not even try to put one past him. What an amazing blessing, though, that Jesus has made a way for us sinners to stand before our righteous and just God. If you've not yet trusted in Christ as your personal Savior, I hope you'll do that today. Thanks for tuning in to Verse by Verse with Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. If you have any questions about salvation, call Lakeside during regular business hours at 727-441-1714. Or call anytime and leave your name and a daytime phone number so we can return your call. That's 727-441-1714. Verse by Verse is a listener-supported program, and we're thankful for the generous listeners who participate with us financially. If you're interested in giving to Verse by Verse, there's information on the giving page at versebyverseradio.org. And there's also a wonderful collection of previous broadcasts in our message archive. That's versebyverseradio.org. This is Jerry Peterson. We've been focusing for the last few days on how we treat our pastors. Next time on Verse by Verse, as he begins his final sermon of this series about the practical results of true spirituality, Pastor Steve will get back to how we can help fellow believers who stumble. I hope you can join us. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's Verse Faith by Talk verse 570 W.